You have arrived at your destination. Um, I'm playing as a uh, lancer. Mm-hmm. I'm a tall lancer lady named Butt McTavish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very regal name for your. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You ever played Dungeons and Dragons before? We we talking like the tabletop experience? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, in college, a couple of times, and I, I didn't really get it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't understand it at all. <laughs> uh, what other what other context have you played Dungeons and Dragons? Well, let me let me just give you this little tidbit. We spent like oh, four sure. evenings that I could have spent drinking, uh, making character sheets, mm-hmm. and then we died. Yeah, <laughs> I mean you could have. You could have drank and played. That might have enhanced. Have you seen how big those fucking character sheets are? You can't drink while you do that. No. Well, yeah, you, you make the character, then you play as you drink, and then I think you probably have a little more fun. You know what? I probably would have had more fun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Dungeons and Dragons, though, I, before my college experience, uh, I had a an illustrious uh, time with whether it was Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, yep. Icewind Dale, Icewind Dale 2, uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which we'll be talking about today. Yes. And I had an experience with Dungeons and Dragons this last week with the new yeah. Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Yeah, that's right. Play the I, little- I'm going to tell you later in this broadcast why that's, I mean, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spoilers. We'll discuss it uh, later on in the episode. But yes, uh, we're going to be mainly talking about the original Dark Alliance game, which is uh, an offshoot of the Baldur's Gate series, correct? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that. Uh, I had, I honestly, until you'd mentioned it, uh, that I didn't know that Baldur's Gate actually took place within the D&D realm. I never really associated with it. So. Yeah. Licensing for D&D and stuff like that was a lot, I guess, a lot more equitable back then. And some early deals were made. So Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 came out on PC and were wildly successful. But those games would not have worked on consoles. So knowing that and like very intelligently, they decided to make Dark Alliance and later on Dark Alliance 2 uh, for consoles to give a little bit more of a streamlined experience. And they were wildly successful at doing that, blending some of that like grindy, dungeon-y, Diablo-style uh, action with a more traditional uh, uh, computer uh, RPG. So right. it, was, it was very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, so there's a new one of those as well. So it's, it felt right to talk about that uh, in a way, but uh, a little bit of a little bit of news to kick off. But, uh, whoa, so, whoa, 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 no. whoa, whoa. We're gonna do the news. Is it not time? Oh, I'm sorry. It's time for the Video Destruct Podcast. I didn't do the catchphrase. I Damn it. Oh, what are man. you doing? I'm losing it today. I'm just I'm just ready to get into it. That's all it is. I'm excited. It's been it's been it's a been, couple weeks since we recorded a podcast. I went on yeah. vacation, came back, and you're fucking I'm, slacking. What is I'm this? just no, I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm just ready to get into it. That's all. So yeah. Uh so OLED. OLED. Switch OLED. Why is it called yeah. OLED? Is that is that like a technical term that I just don't like? OLED. Yeah, that's O-L-E-D. the uh, that's right. Sir. Like those LG OLEDs and yeah. Um, yeah. I, I assumed a, it, it was a new screen. kind of kind of screen. Yeah, I assumed it was screen related, um, but yeah. So if you remember back <laughs> before E3, everyone in the world was talking about the new Switch Pro. Yes, the new Switch Pro being what. So 70% of those rumors about the Switch Pro are present in the OLED Switch. A slightly larger display. It's now seven inches, as the name would imply. It's also an OLED screen, which, you know, offers things like true blacks and, you know, a lot more quality in its display. It's a little Mm -hmm. bigger, seven inches instead of 6.2. I think that's cool. Uh, But it doesn't actually change the footprint of the device. Mm -hmm. Um it uses the same Joy-Cons. Yeah. I guess that's a good thing. I also think if you were going to take an opportunity this generation to address the elephant in the room of the quality of those things, maybe now is the time. <laughs> like, okay. what, is it, 
ones that still attach normally but are like a better version of them is that what you mean by that oh in the uh analog stick quality and the drift and right. all this i mean there's yeah. quite a few you know lingering issues that have been around since the right. inception of the well, system they could have been they could have addressed the drift correct i mean with their i'm not saying that they that they haven't you hear a little bit less of it now yeah. but i'm curious if you hear a little bit less of it now because they actually fixed the glitch right. or if uh because Nintendo just replaces them for free that everybody has two sets and just anticipates sending one of them away at any given time. That's fair. Uh, they also you know, it's like, there's a reason I own yeah. three Xbox fucking three sixties because I knew one or two of those would be broken at any time. And I was going to need to send it back. <laughs> did they, did they admit, did they finally end up admitting that there was actual drift or just like, yeah, know. yeah, they, they okay. did. They said, if you experience any of these issues, just call okay. us and yeah. uh, they send you a packing slip and you send it away. Because if I remember initially, they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, that that's just like a thing. Like, that's not a thing that's real. But if you want to send in and get a new one, okay, that's fine. But they wouldn't, well, like, admit to the actual glitch. They so. accepted to, they have acquiesced to enough of a fault that would allow them to avoid a class action. Yeah, I guess so. Because yeah. they're, we're at a point now where, and, and I totally agree with this, if someone's willing to say like, hey, you know, there there might be some kind of issue in here. It's like a recall on an automobile. It's like, you know, we'll fix it. Right. Like, you know, if it breaks, we'll fix it. Right. If, if yeah. yours is fine, great. Right. But if it breaks, we'll fix it. Yeah. So that's kind of kind of where they ended up with that. So, and, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. That's typically how you fit, how you fight class actions is, you know, especially with something that's not a danger to somebody like a drifting glitch in a video game. It's not really a danger. You just oh, come have- on, man. My Fortnite kills. <laughs> My Fortnite kills. I lost it all. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't build that wall in the right spot. Ah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's like that's how you kind of fight a class action. Just like where you have to basically give. A, a, enough of a response to be like, hey, we acknowledge this and we're trying to fix it. So, yeah. You know, and they're that. not in a position where, like, Microsoft didn't even need to do as much as they did with the Xbox 360, but they were in a position where they had a bit of the upper hand, especially in the United States, mm-hmm. on the PlayStation. So, yeah. what they basically just said is, hey, for the next three years, if anything happens, it's free. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that was, you know, uh, it, it was fine. It did it. Did it make me feel any more secure about the hardware I had? No. Uh, but at a certain point, you're like, well, I'm, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, I, I think you're right. If, if you're going to do like a big relaunch with a new screen, I think it probably would have been a good idea to be like, and new Joy-Cons with heftier feel. And you know what I mean? Like, well, and so- I don't even think you have to lean into it. Just say an all new redesigned Joy-Cons. Right. Yeah. You know, but. And then maybe even like put something in the lower right that says compatible with older Switch models. There you go. Right, exactly. Yeah, so you're not like, oh, can't use them for my other one. It's like, no, you can use them for any of them. But yeah, they're, they're brand you new know, and they're sleeker and they're more expensive. So, <laughs> so they, and there's a few other uh, enhancements. New dock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dock has a uh, an Ethernet port in it now, so you don't have yeah. to get one of those dumb third party attachments to play Smash <laughs> online and whine about it. Right. Uh, and the other thing is uh, the bigger. Uh, kickstand. It's now. It's almost like those uh, Microsoft surfaces now, where it goes mm-hmm. the entire width of the back. Yeah, uh, and it seems pretty sturdy. It actually even makes that Microsoft Surface click sound when you open it. They show it in the trailer. Go, yeah. Click yeah. here. All right, that seems sturdy. I would yeah. let my switch rest on this. Whereas I felt <laughs> like with the the stand that was on the old one, you breathe too hard, it'll fall over and it's kill your so- cat. It's so <laughs> tiny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know the switch isn't exactly a hefty device, but like. You know that yeah, it's so small. Like yeah, it was it was like a wet noodle that was trying to hold up your switch. You're like, I mean, I realize a switch isn't like a billion dollars or anything, but right. you're really putting a three hundred dollar device on some, you know, yeah. winging a prayer here with it. Right? <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, but yeah. So that's uh, in a. Uh, I mentioned the new dock. Uh, mm-hmm. The new dock's a little sleeker. It looks like it's also finally fixing that scratching problem it looks mm-hmm. like there's felt in there yeah uh it's a little more rounded i guess i don't know it looks like it'll work with you can buy that for your old switch mm-hmm. all right so now we're at the problem now yeah are you ready for the problem i'm ready for this problem ready and rearing 
it doesn't sound like they changed any of the internal hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. So they, I th- so here's what I can based on all the rumor and conjecture and everything that happened. They went to Nvidia, who had that improved version. The it, I think it's the Tigra X2 is like the next generation version of the Tigra X1 processor that's uh, that powers the Switch, which was already a couple of years old when the Switch came out. Right. Um, and we're like, hey, man, so we need like five million of these. And NVIDIA went, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah. don't make hardware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one does anymore. No one makes hardware. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. like, And I think they just went, well, OLEDs are around. You know, yeah. like, and that's, I think that's the reason why they said absolutely nothing at E3 is that all the rumors were out there. And I think they had fully anticipated on launching the, a Switch Pro kind of device that would maybe, you know, not do true 4K, but upscale to 4K, have an OLED screen. You know, maybe the OLED screen would be 1080p, uh, be a more premium experience, not necessarily world changing or anything, but just like, you know, better, more powerful. And they don't have, they can't get it. So they said, well... We already told our investors we were going to make something. Right. So what if we just did all the stuff that we can get? And that's where you get the OLED switch. (laughs) So, Brandon, you buying one of these? You doing this massive upgrade to this new OLED switch, which you didn't even know what OLED meant five minutes ago? Uh, Yeah, you know. No, I'm not doing a massive upgrade. Oh, that's a shame. (laughs) Yeah. As a gaming journalist, how dare you, sir? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I apologize. As a guy who uh, goes through a podcast with a friend, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, no, I um, I've got I've got my switch. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, I mean they, they they basically acknowledge the the one thing. Like you know, like the thing is like yeah, they didn't say it was like oh the Switch Pro like you said. It's very much like they're they're. It's got a new screen and it's and it's, you know, got a few new little features and everything, but they didn't they weren't going to sit there and be like, you know, oh, this is big and, you know, big, poofy, like like new hardware or whatever. But, uh, you know, that we've got the the nice new screen and everything. I you said you even made a comment of like they could they could have bumped that a few inches. Right. Like like a little bit, a few millimeters. There's still some more bezel in there. That thing could have been. Yeah. Uh, they could have filled more of that bezel or even made the device just slightly larger. I mean, you know, right. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you'll notice it. I mean, like, you know, somebody who's owned uh, a switch light and a switch, the difference between the 5.7 screen and the 6.2 on the full size switch, it's noticeable, right? Uh, It's not earth shattering, but you know, another, you know, 0.8 inches, uh, of real estate there. It's nice. It's going to be a higher quality screen. Right. It'll look better in the dark. If there it has been one thing that I've always kind of not loved about the switch, it's that the built-in screen quality in the dark, it's it, the blacks are very blown out in gray. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just, you know, it's, it's a byproduct of, of a cheap screen. Uh, OLED yeah. being a much more premium design. I like that. I think they missed a major opportunity here with the OLED switch announcement, though. So yeah. if you were going to not have boosted hardware in here, I think you bring this thing out at $299. You drop the regular switch to $249. Right. And you drop the switch light to $179. Right. Um, you know, they're they're making plenty of money on that hardware itself. And you're at the point where, you know, the, the switch light has, I think it's outsold the regular switch. You know, it's a clear sign that there is a desire for a lower price point. Right. And I think you could even get a lot of those people who bought switch lights to actually get a regular switch. If, Oh, now I can get this thing. It's two fifty, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's a better price. They drop the price. Right. Uh, or just have them go whole hog and well, there's a new one. I guess I'll get that. Right. Uh, I don't know. Three forty nine. I just, I don't know who it's for. Right. Because you know, most of my friends that are snobs about screen quality don't fucking play the Switch anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Fair. Point blank. Like, you know, yeah. friend of the show, JT, like, you, you won't catch him with a fucking Switch in his hand. It's true. Yeah. He, it's true. He he's got an OLED for his PC, but it's a 4K 55 inch OLED. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so, like, 
I, that's what I'm getting at is that, and also it's like eight or nine years too late for you to say, Ooh, OLED because the fucking Vita had an OLED in it. Right. Yeah. In 2012. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. You know, I was like, ooh, and they announced the OLED and the Vita, but you know, I was a I was a young man wearing short pants at that point. Right? <laughs> who even who even cares at that point? Now, yeah. now I'm a grizzled old man, damn near 40. I don't care about OLED. Fuck that. I don't care about OLED. My eyes don't work well anyway. <laughs> Shit. I can't see a damn thing. <laughs> My eyes don't work that well anyway. What are we gonna do? Yeah, it's fair. Um so yeah, it it, it it's interesting. Like, you know, they I I I'm not one for like the hardware update type of, uh, you know, things for, for, for these. I just, I've never been the type for it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it's sure there's people that enjoy that, you know, and I like, I like a revised hardware when you offer, um, and I think Nintendo's actually been some of the best and worst offenders of this, you know, like going back at, you know, almost everybody was talking about like, Oh, when you've got revised hardware, you know, like they're thinking Xbox one X or PS4 pro, like that's how you revise hardware. It's like, yeah, but like th- think back like the PS2 slim, the, you know, the Xbox one S, you know, the uh, Xbox 360 S, you know, for the most part, whenever somebody brings something out, it's usually just sleeker. Uh, yeah. But the problem that I kind of have with, with the switch OLED announcement is that I, I don't feel like it's sleeker. You know, like yeah. the DS, the original DS looks like a fucking prototype compared to what the DS Lite is. Right. I think DS Lite is one of the best fucking to use something from the internet, a glow up uh, that any system has ever had visually. Right. Um, you know, I think when you look at the 3DS, that launch model that had, had all mismatched colors and shit, and then you look at, like, the 3DS XL or the new 3DS XL, I think those systems, you know, visually make the build quality of those launch consoles look like shit. Right. Uh, but this, I mean, granted, I haven't touched the stand. You know, I haven't held the thing in my hand. Like, the dock looks a little better, but, like, right. I don't look at this and go, well, this was what the Switch should have been from day one. Right, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I don't know. So, uh, it, granted, we haven't seen it yet. Like, it, they, Nintendo has only said that the hardware inside this thing is the same hardware. They have not said that it's not overclocked or anything, because that the one thing that is true about the Tigra X1 chip uh, yeah. that was in the Switch is that it's underclocked. Right. Not only is it not overclocked, but it's d- drastically underclocked. Right. Uh, because of heat and battery life and stuff like that. So if they figured out a way to put a bigger battery in there and yeah. dissipate heat better, you could overclock the shit out of that thing and right. maybe get a lot better performance. Yeah. So yeah. We, we don't know yet, and that thing comes out in... Is that se- September? Like September se- 8th? Uh, October. October. October? Okay. October 6th. October 6th, I believe. Yeah. So there's plenty of time for them to say something. So, yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, it is October because it, October 3rd, I think, because it comes out, I think, the same day as uh, uh, Metroid. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, get that cool. nice crisp green for some Metroid action. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be playing it on my TV through my old Switch, my old busted Switch. Old busted <laughs> <laughs> Switch. <laughs> yeah. This. Right. This piece of junk. This garbage that I have to look but, at now. <laughs> this is a hunk of trash. I want some I want some of those pure pristine white Joy-Cons. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah so I can mung those up. Yeah, nothing I love right. more than a white controller. Right. <laughs> oh Ugh. yeah, that's true. Yeah, get the good grime in the in the in the Oh yeah. Pool. It's every crevasse every, just has every... some hand goo in it. Oh. <laughs> Just bo and dirt, uh, yeah, just, like, just yeah. good stuff. And there's no way to get like a good brush in there, so you just gotta lick it out. Yeah, you just, yeah, well, yeah, obviously, like, obviously, no other, no other way. <laughs> what? Uh, getting disturbing about this. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore, Brandon. Yeah, you beat a video game. I did. I I went through and so I I had played Shantae and the Seven Sirens uh, a little bit last year, um, and uh, I kind of put it down after a little while. Um, and, uh, uh, this was a while ago. It, for some reason, I wasn't feeling it too well. It didn't feel as, um, I don't know, it didn't feel as put together. The, the, the Metroidvania-ness of it didn't seem to feel right. 
there was something disconnected about everything. You know what I mean? Um, it, it didn't quite uh, all link up together. And uh, I am happy to report that uh, after you get past a certain point in that game, everything really starts to feel like it links up. Um, and that's a really Metroid, that island that you, uh, that you are, that, you, that it takes place on. Uh, it really feels like a Metroid level after you've connected a few of the dots. And uh, then you can really see like how far you have to explore and what you can do to get to those areas. I think it's, uh, I think it's a really solid game. Um, and it, it's, it's better than half genie hero, I would say, uh, which is good, which is good to say, which I didn't hate half genie hero by any stretch, but it felt a little loosey goosey around its, um, uh, Metroidvaniness, I guess. Um, the hub didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. There, there was something about Half Genie Hero that was kind of meh. Um, to- I felt like that game, you know, because I didn't, I wasn't part of a Kickstarter for it or anything. But think about Half Genie Hero for me was I felt like that game was built in a constrained timeline because of deadlines. Yeah, and it, it was it, just, it was their kickstarted one, so they they had yeah. already missed their their deadline, which I think was. 2014, and so they missed it by about two years, which is why they released Shantae and the Pirate's Curse as well, um, and that went out free to people who had backed the original, so you know, if you uh, if you could download that on the 3DS. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's sad that, like, I liked Pirate's Curse more than I liked Half Genie Hero. I did too! Like, it, like it, it used all the same kind of uh, assets and everything, like the same enemies, but like I thought it was kind of play. I thought it was like laid out a little bit better. Um, well, I like Bloodstained Curse of the Moon more than I like Bloodstained... Right. Whatever. Right, yeah. So it's interesting. Um, and uh, But those two games kind of have like a level select kind of situation, right? You go to certain areas and you have to go back yeah. to them and stuff like that. And Pirate's Curse felt a little bit cleaner about where you had to go back to and stuff like that than Half Genie Hero did. Um, Sirens, Seven Sirens, uh, that dissipates all that it's just one metroidvania world and you have and there's no hub there's no hub world it's all the same thing and it took a little bit to get used to and it didn't feel like everything was connected very well um but again you get about two hours into that game and then everything starts to kind of click really well and you're like oh okay i can connect this and i I can warp through here and this links up with that i get it so yeah that's one thing that, uh, you know, like Bloodstained, uh, you know, to bring up another, uh, you know, kickstarted game uh, I had to kind of grow on was that like I didn't love all of the disparate pieces of the castle at first. But after about four or five hours, I ended up really liking uh, Ritual of the Night. That's what it was called. Uh, I ended up enjoying that uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm glad to hear that that uh, Shantae is good. Is that on the new systems? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's on everything. Yeah. Okay. It's I guess it, I guess it technically is even on new systems through backwards compatibility. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you yeah, can I get need on. to check that out because I like Half Genie Hero a lot and I really like Pirate's Curse. Yeah, yeah. Seven Sirens is really good. It, it's a lot of fun. A lot more... Uh, a lot more voice acting, which is fun. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's a fun little game. I enjoyed it. It was great, and it uh, it all worked out. Also, ultimate strategy in Shantae games always get the highest level of shampoo to where you can whip your hair as fast as you want, because that's how you kill everything. So there you go. Pro tip for Shantae players. <laughs> for uh, from our Shantae correspondent, right, <laughs> Brandon Jonas. that's awesome man i I always love when uh uh, when you actually come through with a with a new game in the clips right um i uh went and played doom yeah uh eternal they finally went through and uh patched in the xbox series x uh and ps5 uh patches for that which added a 120 hertz refresh rate mode uh, yeah. Which lets you play the game 120 FPS uh, or a ray tracing mode, mm-hmm. uh, and I also played it on PC at full damn blast with the ray mm-hmm. tracing on. Um, I think the 120 hertz mode is pretty cool uh, for the consoles. Um, 
I, I think the game looks great with the ray tracing and all that stuff. But the one thing that I would say that is absolutely true for my PC experience is that game's so fast. Yeah. That it's yeah. really hard for me to tell. You know, it's yeah. like, and, and I respect and love Digital Foundry. I think they're great. I love the work that they do. They're one of my favorite channels on YouTube for you to just get a quick and dirty idea of you know, what is this, what does this enhancement do, and all this other kind of stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that in a lot of their shots, they had to show still images at like two or 300% scaling where they're blowing up like a tiny corner of a room. We're like, look at this window. You can see a reflection in here now. It's like, right. <laughs> I didn't know there was a window. I'm looking right. for demons. You know? right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it does like add to it, but if you're somebody who is like maybe on the fringe uh, hardware wise, um, you know, give it a shot. See if you notice it. They, right. uh, if you're on PC and you have like an older graphics card that does still support ray tracing though, uh, they've got they've implemented DLSS in there that dynamic learning super sampling stuff. So the the game runs at a lower resolution, but it reconstructs itself back up to whatever the native resolution is. Right. Um, and it seems to be a good implementation of that because I I was super sampling it uh, at eight K. Yeah, on my four K monitor using DLSS and staying above sixty. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. Um, but like, you know, who, who needs to do that? <laughs> but that's a good sign that the DLSS does work, though, that like mm -hmm. if you're somebody who's running it, you know, was running it around 60 at 1440p, but want to get some of that uh, ray tracing love, you can just turn DLSS on uh, and right. you'll still get largely the same quality experience, but with all the ray tracing bells and whistles. So, right. Um, I think that stuff is cool. Um they announced that they're adding a new horde mode in there soon. Uh, they are continuing to support that game, uh, which I think is cool. Um, and uh, if you, if you really didn't love doom eternal, uh, I don't think this is going to change your opinion at all, but if it's like, if you were looking for an excuse to go back to it uh, or want to see one of the prettiest games out there, even prettier, this is a good way to do it. Um, yeah. I do really, really hope, though, that when they sit down to make the next Doom, they look at a lot of the criticism yeah. um, of that game. The the way that how buck wild and free flowing Doom 2016 is mm -hmm. makes Doom Eternal feel very constrained with the way that like, okay, I need to use my flame belch to get the guys to drop the armor. And then I need to do a glory kill to get my health. And then I need to use the chainsaw to get my bullets back. And now yeah. that I have bullets, I need to do the flame belch again. So it, basically it just, it, it became almost like, and that kind of ties into my next game. It almost became like playing an MMO and managing your cooldowns. Right. Uh, it's, it forced me into a routine more yeah. than I wanted it to. Like that. One of the things I love about 2016 so much, as I said before, that game's fucking buck wild. Yeah. Uh, and you can do whatever you want, use whatever, bu you know, bullets you want, whatever you want. And like, yeah, there's strength and weaknesses in there. And but in, even on the higher difficulties, I've beaten that game on nightmare. Uh, Doom 2016. I, did not beat Eternal on Nightmare. <laughs> uh, it's just like, I like a little bit more freedom. Like I consider myself to be really, really good at their brand of first person shooters. And I just felt too much like I was just, they gave me all the choreography and all I had to do was execute. And I'm like, but I don't want to play it the way that you want me to play it. I want to <laughs> play it fucking crazy. <laughs> I want to go crazy. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, uh, Doom Eternal, uh, go check out the ray tracing. It's fun. It, even yeah. on consoles, it looks great. So. Good time. Good time. Ray Tracy. Lots of light. Pew, 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 pew. Rays going everywhere. Have you seen that new Lego thing? That new Lego thing? No. Uh, yeah. The, uh, let me look up the name of it really quick. It's a new game. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. Uh, it's called Lego Builder's Journey. Mm. Uh, I, it would behoove you to go watch some of the gameplay of that. Um, yeah. So basically, it's this game uh, that was like for cell phones. It's yeah. like the story of like this father and his son and they're in the woods 
and it's told on these like little like 32 by 32 uh lego built levels and mm. it's like you and your son and you're working through it and solving puzzles and things like that yeah. and i hear it like you know for all the dads out there here you know it's it's, it's really it'll it'll rub your uh your brain cockles it'll make you cry about your son um <laughs> but the the thing about it is that it is ray traced to hot holy hell on on pc yeah uh, and like it'll even like bring a rtx 3080 to its knees if you turn everything all the way up <laughs> but like everything is completely done with rays there's no artificial sources of anything in that game interesting uh, and it looks fucking buck wild interesting uh, I have not played it because I don't, I don't want to cry about a son I don't have. So. Right. I don't want to cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, so that, that seems like a, a pretty cool, like there's a, we're at the point where like ray tracing has been around for about three years now. And there's just from a lot of different sources, a lot of different interpretations of what is and is not going to be the accepted norm of implementation. And everybody seems to be doing it somewhat differently. And I think that's cool. Uh, it's, it's very much to a lesser degree, like when, uh, polygon tech was getting going, you know, the people who did squares and triangles and flat shaded and texture shaded and then bump mapped and ultra mapped and, you know, just all these different ways of trying to slice the same onion. Uh, that's kind of what's going on with ray chasing. When someone says, oh, this game has ray tracing in it, my my answer is, well, what kind of ray tracing? And then most people don't actually really know what ray tracing is, and they go, uh, stuff? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Like, Like, oh, okay, I'm going to go look this up because you're an idiot. It's got got good graphics. It's got graphics. It's got graphics. You got to get the graphics. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so uh, uh i mentioned a little bit earlier about mmo cooldowns mm-hmm, yeah i well not just me yeah me and a few friends of the show yeah decided that we were going to start playing final fantasy 14 yes uh the mmo version second mmo um yes run of final fantasy games being Specifically, 11. I am playing the now free to play. Mm. Uh, so it is a trial. It's a very, it's a very weird trial. Um, yeah. But you get up through uh, so a realm reborn, which is the one through sixty content that they had remade um, after the game horribly failed when it initially launched on PS3. Right. Uh, you get all that one through sixty content, and then the first expansion, which is when the game came to PS4. Uh, mm-hmm. called Heaven's Word. Right. You get all of that content uh, as well. Now, uh-huh. the so here's the thing, is that you can do everything in there, but, like, you can't trade any items, and you can't be friends with anybody, and you can't join a guild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, basically, I'm just being a hanger-on for my friends that jumped in with both feet and bought the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they invite me to a party, and then I drag them on my shitty quests. Right. Uh, because I haven't given any money to this thing yet because fuck that. I don't want to. I, yeah. I'll give it later. I'll let, I'll let all my other friends that make more money than me spend money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or my friends who make worse decisions than me. Whatever you want. Right. However you want to say that. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I, I've had quite a bit of fun of the, uh, with this so far. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm playing as a uh, Lancer. Mm-hmm. I'm a tall Lancer lady named Butt McTavish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, very regal name for your. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that uh, far more than I would have anticipated. They use my proper name uh, in the game all the time. They're like, hey, how's it going, Butt? I'm like, oh, I didn't realize this game was that friendly. <laughs> it's like, oh. On a first name basis, are we? <laughs> oh wow! I thought we, we needed to do three or four quests before you start calling me by my first name. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 fun. I think uh, having a good time. Uh, so as of right now, I've gotten to the point where I've done like my first uh, multi-person dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might call them instances if you've played WoW or. Uh, uh, EverQuest. Right. Um, 
So the you know, not raids or anything, the the little five man dungeons. Right. Um, you know, just I'm playing a little DPS character and just trying to go through my my MSQ, my main story quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good, man. Like, so here's, I'm, I'm going to give you like a compliment sandwich. Yeah. It has way more cinematics than you would think that a MMO would have. Right. I think it's ugly. <laughs> well, I think parts of it are ugly. Like, so this was a PS3 game. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those textures that are woo, pretty rough. Right. Um, I think most of the quests are incredibly straightforward uh, and easy to do and not a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And they tr- they sanded off almost all the edges on World of Warcraft stuff that was there back when I was playing. I'm sure a lot of this has been sanded off in World of Warcraft, too. Uh, but, I, you know, I haven't played World of Warcraft in like 10 years now. So, um, right. But back when I was playing... You know, it had all the rough edges around the sides. Like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you, t- you know, I spent 20 minutes killing boars in this field trying to get this one thing to drop. And, oh, this is Hicklebilly, uh, you know, Valley. You needed to be at Chucklebilly Valley, which is five feet that way. <laughs> and those are the boars that are going to drop. What the fuck? They're all right next to each other. <laughs> so this is very specific. It gives you a red circle on the map. It goes, they're in here. And then even the creatures that are in there, it puts an icon above them that says, yo, this is the ones you need to kill. Uh, which I think these, is great. These ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just, it's it, so if you're looking for a relaxing, it, that's the one thing I will say about MMOs is that they are some of the most relaxing time you'll ever have playing a video game. Yeah. Uh, and Final Fantasy XIV actually goes a few steps further to make it even more relaxed. Right. Uh, which I like. I, I, I'm having a good time with, with that aspect of it. Um, now, to continue with my my good and bad sandwich here, um, they, so after you get through like the first, I don't know, five hours of your main story quest, you're going to get to a point where they're going to say, hey, you need to go to this other island. And you're like, fuck, there's other islands? Yeah, you got to get on the airship. You're like, cool. I'll get on this airship. And then they just dump you off somewhere. And you have like no idea where to go. <laughs> so like basically what I did was every time they dumped me off somewhere, I would look up the name of that mission and it, I would find a map online that would tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, nobody can find this. Here's where you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when they redrew this, they just kind of assumed that you had played, I guess, maybe the first version of Final Fantasy 14 and you were just waiting for Realm Reborn. Uh, and you're like, oh, yeah, I obviously everybody knows where to go. Right. Everybody knows how to use the three seashells. Right. Uh, <laughs> that kind of shit. Uh, so, yeah, like th- there's there's good and bad things with this that I've seen so far. But like, I do really like the character designs. I think they're pretty fun in that Final Fantasy way of like I have a weirdly tall lady with strange hair. Right. Uh, I not enough wallet chains. Oh yeah, more of those. More, more, more chains. More. I need more, more chain wallets. More, um, more buckles. More. Um, yeah, like if buckles, I could have an entire dress made of buckles. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was the. That was the big thing about like like Kingdom Hearts one versus Kingdom Hearts two is like Kingdom Hearts one all zippers, Kingdom Hearts two belts and buckles. That's what's in. <laughs> like. <laughs> And then Square Enix <laughs> just adopted the belts and buckles thing into like everything that they have. So after Final Fantasy X, they were like, people really like that lady that holds the Moogle. Yeah, it's true. What was Probably her name? Was her name Lulu? Was that Lulu. her name? Yeah, that was the one with the big, the big Moogles, the big hold. heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah big, big personality. That one. <laughs> she had huge <laughs> tracts of land. <laughs> land. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've actually been having a really good time with this. I. I've said this, I think, before we started. You should try yeah. Final Fantasy XIV. Un- install it, give it a whirl. Like, yeah. I'll walk around and show you where shit is. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I'll say is that, like, opening up that much of the content, I think, is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea that you can't have any friends is almost yeah. like setting most people up for failure. I think they're looking at it as well, like, well, you'll pay the money to get friends. And I'm right. like, yeah, but if you let me have like three friends and then I needed four friends to do a dungeon, 
then yeah. I would buy it. I'd be like, oh right. man, if we just had one more friend here, we could do it. Maybe we should all buy the game. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. better than well, I can't fucking friend up with anybody, so I'm all alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like they, you know, they um, they launched this game, you know, forever ago, you know, because they're up to well, they're only up to fifteen, right? That took well, forever to sixteen come out. is in development. It's sixteen's in development, but uh, but fourteen came out a long time ago um, as an online as an MMO experience, and it was just trashed. Like they just they got completely reamed with how boring and bad this game, Rightfully that game so. was. Rightfully so. I mean, uh, apparently, I never played it, but you know, apparently it was just wretched. And then they literally, I think it was a year later. Um, after the launch, they blew up the entire world and made that an in-canon, like, situation, like, in the game, and then just, like, redid the whole game and made it way better, and people have been enjoying it for for uh, pretty much the, the better part of, you know, when did that come out? 2016? Like <laughs> No, I think it was around four, uh, I think it was, yeah, like, early 14 yeah. uh, when it actually came back out. Yeah. Um, let yeah. me actually Google that really quick because right. I think I'm right. Yeah, because uh, that, that that got relaunched and people seem to really enjoy it after that. So very interesting that that it's become like this competent. A little, a little earlier, it was August 27, 2013. So 2013. it was like a couple of months before the new system. So that's why uh, launching Heaven's Word on PS4 was such a big deal because the PS4 wasn't backwards compatible. Right. So, like, right at the end of the PS3's lifespan, it's like, shit, we finally got the ship right. And, oh, fuck, nobody can be- get on this ship anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we need yeah. to make a PS4 version of this. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I- I'm glad that, like, and they kept those servers online uh, for the uh, PS3 uh, version for, like, a few more years. Uh, they ended up sunsetting that version of it. Um, right. I'm curious, like, I'd say there's probably another two to three years in the PS4 version of this before they sunset that. Right. Um, because, you know, at a certain point, like, once you sunset the PS4 version of this, you could coincide that with, like, a substantial graphical overhaul, uh, right. which I think the, the thing needs. Right, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm actually having like a really good time. It's very relaxing. I, I'm playing it in a way that I've never played an MMO before. Like, you know, here I'll just go do two or three missions. So like, it's 45 minutes before I go to bed. It's not something that like, I feel like I need to be chained to a desk for three hours. Right. Uh, it's 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 very accommodating to a relaxed pace. I guess is how I would say it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. Uh, and totally free unless you want friends if you want friends you gotta pay yeah right <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker you gotta pay if you want friends uh yeah. story of my life i gotta pay to have friends uh <laughs> yeah uh so i guess maybe it's time to move on to topic of the day unless you got anything else you've been playing bro uh yeah um i uh haven't been playing anything else. Well, I've been playing a few things. I'm actually about to start up uh, Stranger's Wrath, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, that that I'm definitely going to have a look at. But I do oh, plan. Yeah. I, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. I have Panzer Paladin now. Oh, do you? Nice. Yes. Yes. We should both finish Panzer Paladin and just like give a big review of it because that's a great game. That's a fun game. So That game rules. Yeah. Yeah. We should definitely finish that off and, and, and rock it. So it'll be a lot of fun. So, sweet. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. Uh, lots of good stuff to come out. Uh, and I, I've got a... I'm getting I'm getting my Elgato back, so we'll be doing some video stuff pretty soon. Uh, should be a cool. lot of fun. So, uh, should be a good time. Uh, let's, uh, let's get into Dark Alliance, shall we? Our topic sure. of the day. Let's talk, talk about our topic of the day. So... Uh, you know more about this than I do. I didn't know that this was uh, a thing prior. There was the the new Dark Alliance that came out recently that's been getting kind of thrashed uh, <laughs> by the reviews. I guess you can talk a little bit about that first since that's probably the most relevant. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll tie it back into the originals. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess about three weeks ago, it was right before I left for vacation, 
Um, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance <laughs> ended up hitting. Uh, and it was a Game Pass game. So I was like, sure, I have a fond remembrance of Dark Alliance. Just pour it on me, cookie. Uh, and I downloaded it and pretty much immediately went, what the fuck is this? Uh, it's it's a rough video game and almost nothing like the old ones. And I have no idea why they picked this to be the dark Alliance game. Like, I'm not saying this game shouldn't be made or anything, but the other than the fact that it's in a dungeons and dragons, world, like almost nothing about it is like that. Also, like it has the single crappiest set of modern loot mechanics yeah i have ever seen <laughs> that's been a big complaint about people because you think of you think of D, you think of grabbing loot right and that's got to be interesting like you know you gotta you gotta grab loot and get better loot and get stronger by grabbing loot and you know and, and buying better weapons and that's you know that's just how that's part of the mechanic of like playing a real D game right um so like the fact that they have this weird like randomizer or you don't know what you have or you okay i'll tell you what it is it's yeah. the uh the th- th- shit the the things you pick up in destiny yeah oh all oh, uh, right the little yeah. glowing a- emeralds whatever yeah those the glowing balls that you pick up that sure. don't tell you what it is right also and you have to wait so you'll be in the middle of a dungeon and what I do a lot of the times is I go into a dungeon and know that I need like, man, I'm really looking for a sword and hopefully right. somebody drops a sword. Right. And you don't find out if you've got a sword until you leave the dungeon to go <laughs> to town to like hand these things to someone for them to go. Oh yeah. Uh, looks like you got a sword in here. I should know that that was a sword. <laughs> that is Am I bizarre. just like some kind of idiot? I've yeah. never seen this before. I don't know I, what this is. Well, you just it's you in, didn't, in Destiny. You, you have to take those whatever the shit. The words on the tip of my brain, uh, and you yeah. have to take it back to the cryptarch. I do know that word uh, right. for for him to tell you what something is. Right, um, it, that's dumb. Also, almost every game since the first Torchlight has implemented a what is a commonly accepted modern uh, junk system. Right. So in Torchlight, you had a dog. Right. And I could throw all of my junk onto the dog that I didn't want, and he would go to town and sell it for me and come back and give me the money. Right. While I was in the dungeon, didn't have to leave. There is no junk system in this game, except you leaving the dungeon and going to sell things or throwing them on the ground because you don't have any room. Right. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying that, that, that there's never anything introduced later, but from the beginning of this game, your pockets are just stuffed. Yeah. And the yeah. idea that they didn't inter- introduce any sort of form of system. Engrams. They were called Engrams. Right. Yeah. In Destiny. That's yeah. what they were called. They were called I knew Ingram. it would come to me. Uh, <laughs> you take the Engrams to the Crypt Ark. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the fact that they didn't introduce any kind of system for just junk, like, yeah, I, I know it's it's one of these games. You're going to have junk. Right. But like we've gotten to the point where it's like if you're going to give me like an hour long dungeon and 10 minutes into it, you're going to have the amount of loot drop where my pockets are going to be full. You need to have some form of system for me to like sell it to somebody in the middle of the dungeon. Right. Because yeah, most games don't even do the dog thing from Torchlight, which I thought was a cool touch. Right. Um, I don't need that. I just need to be able to like a- automatically mark things as junk and then they just sell. Right. You know, and yeah. and then I can just move on with my life. Right. Um, it, it, they didn't do that. I also I, I hate the fact that the camera is zoomed in crazy close. Yeah. Uh, and there's no way to push it any farther back than just like a little bit. It's like a straight up behind the back Gears of War camera. Right. Uh, yeah. And I feel like the FOV is just way too tight in this thing. I, 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 I don't like this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it seemed a bit rough. Um, you know, they it has a selling point of like having some big D&D character names. So if you're really into the D&D lore, you get to play as Drist. You get to play as uh, uh, 
Caddy and and Brunor and all these characters, but like that's you know that that's kind of their big selling point for a lot of it. But um, you know if uh, if you're just playing it as a game without any like you know like lore background, it's just sort of like like clearly it's not it's not polished enough to really be what the what they wanted it to be. But it's definitely supposed to be a Destiny clone or anything like those. Like I assume so, right? You're just going into camps and raiding them and then going to the next camp right and that all you're doing it's it's definitely more like a diablo than it is like a destiny like they tried to put some of that live game sort of stuff in there and even diablo 3 added some of that more like you know having events and stuff like that right but you know it's just it's just incredibly clunky it was very buggy i would get caught in objects a lot yeah um uh sometimes even resulting in me needing to like leave the dungeon yeah. Um, and also, man, the the default key bindings for this are infuriating. Yeah. You have to use the arrow keys to target different enemies. Interesting. When you're so if I'm doing one, two, three, and four for my abilities and waiting for those cooldowns, right. I guess I have to take my hand off the mouse to go to the arrow keys. Right. Yeah. Or you're using... take my hand off of my abilities and then not be able to attack anybody to use the arrow key. Right. I have no idea why they did it that way. Like yeah. why any human being would ever consider this to be a good control system. It's boggling to my mind. <laughs> I feel like uh, the whole thing was like built by like by like programmers, like but not like game programmers, like like logistical style programmers or something. And it's just like, oh well. You know, it's something in the brain of a of a of a logistics person is like, well, no, this was made by deep learning technology. It's just they, can a computer write a video game? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, can that happen? No. Yeah, but, it definitely feels like it's kind of soulless yeah. in that way too. Right. Like, uh, you can see they're trying for some of that, but I don't know. Like, and I'm probably a bad person to judge this. Like. I've gotten into a few things in like Warhammer proper, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Horus heresy and that kind of stuff, like in their books. Um, But for the most part, like most fantasy doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't care about the, the sword chair show with where winter's coming. I don't care about that. (laughs) Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I'm sorry. Game of of Thrones. Yeah. There you Uh, go. Yeah. I'm not, uh, not the I'm not into that one either. So yeah. you know, I didn't really like Lord of the Rings. So like most of that like light fantasy stuff just doesn't really appeal to me. It's like yeah, I, I like The Witcher just fine, right? Uh, but your lighter fantasy stuff just didn't really for me. And if you're gonna call Dark Alliance dark fantasy, buddy, <laughs> you need to read a book. Uh, <laughs> you gotta read a book, bro. Uh, oh, man. But yeah, so this is actually a successor to what was a pretty successful series that got steamrolled under the implosion of interplay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was, and you know, one of those hacky slashy, uh, you know, uh, dungeon raiding style games uh, that came about uh, after. So Diablo one got ported to the original PlayStation uh, and had some pretty good success. That was around the time when Blizzard was still actively doing port jobs of their games to consoles. Right. Um, well, in 2000, that was when uh, Diablo 2 came out and was like one of the biggest games in the world. And Blizzard basically said, I have, you know, they had no interest of porting that game to consoles. So right. in comes everybody else who's making games for consoles to you know try to bring some of that love. Uh, one of them was uh, Snowblind, uh, mm-hmm. the the studio that. Uh, sorry, uh, my brain just blinked here for a second. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Snowblind. They ended up making a series of these kind of games. Uh, they went on to Champions of Norath. That's what it is. So Champions of Norath, yeah. uh, Realms of EverQuest, and Champions Return to Arms uh, for the PlayStation Two later. So they ended up working on this game. They made the PS2 and the Xbox versions of it. Um, the GameCube version was made by uh, was ported by High Voltage, who ended up being fairly prolific on the Wii. They mm-hmm. were the ones who made uh, the Conduit. Remember that 
first person shooter that everybody's like, oh, it looks so good for a Wii game. And you're like, yeah, but like compared to everything else, kind of looks like trash. Uh, <laughs> high voltage ended up being very popular uh, right. for that. Um, the uh, the publisher was Black Isle Studios, who had a relationship with Interplay. Mm-hmm. Um, Interplay was about to go under. Right. And this game became a success. So the sequel to this game ended up being uh, fraught uh, with, uh, you know, struggles coming to market. And then the series would just sort of disappear after a while. Um, So the the console experience of one of those hack and slash games uh, needed to be really catered to that experience. So what they did was instead of the pure top down, uh, you know, view that you would get out of a lot of the, your more Diablo style games, with that three quarter isometric, they pulled the camera in a little bit more and gave you the ability to turn it. Okay. Which you could never do in Diablo games. Yeah. So, uh, that was actually one thing that they figured out was kind of crucial to building one of these games for, uh, for consoles was the ability to, uh, give the user a little bit more control over that because uh, if there's one thing that console players really did not like, it was in a 3d game having to run at the camera. Uh, one of the things that people always complain about with the crash bandicoot games is the levels right. where you'd be chased, chased by a boulder and you had to run at the camera. It's like, well, I can't see anything. Right. Yeah. You know, so you don't know what's coming up. <laughs> uh, so giving this game that, 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 that view was, was pretty uh, important. Right. Um, so the game is not necessarily exceptional for its story other than it has one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hate to say it that way, but like this is one of the first exposures that console gamers got to. All right, I'm going to go here. The guy got an exclamation point over his head. I'm going to click on him. He's going to say, I'll go kill this. And then you go and you kill it. Right. And you come back and you cash that in and he gives you a reward. And then you, you know, you go through your loot and equip the best breastplate. And then you go back out there and do it again, bucko. Right. <laughs> That's, I hate to say it, but that is really at the heart of what these games are. Like, right. uh, I don't think that it's doing, <laughs> doing this game a disjustice or anything by saying that's literally the only reason I played it right. is that I just like doing that. Right. Um, and yeah, like the the sequel is actually one of the more expensive games that you can ever get on the PS2 or the Xbox. Interesting. Um, the uh, but uh, Dark Alliance Two came out while Interplay was folding. Oh, so this okay. is it. So. This was like the last swan song. This was their hope to get this, get it out there, and you know, well, <laughs> hopefully that'll save the company. Did not right. save the company. It did not um, save the company. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, this game was also uh, really uh, it really grew like a cult following because it wasn't single player on consoles where especially in 2001 when Dark Alliance came out, console multiplayer wasn't really uh, console online co-op wasn't a thing yet. So Mm -hmm. uh, Dark Alliance having couch co-op where you and a buddy could do this together, it was paramount. Right. So much so, and these games got so popular for this that when uh, they ported Diablo 3 to the 360 and PS3 and even eventually PS4 and Xbox One, uh, they made a point of saying, we have four-player split-screen co-op. Yeah. Because that was, if you're going to bring Diablo to consoles, like all these games that had come in the wake after Diablo was popular, it was all about like, yo, man, couch co-op with these games is freaking fantastic. Right. So that was that was really the deal, man. It's... Just, it was a great way. Like, uh, just before these games came out, they ported, like, Gauntlet Legends. Yeah. Uh, to, like, the N64, the PS1. I can't yeah. tell you how much time me and my idiot friend spent, uh, you know, just playing Gauntlet Legends and leveling up and getting gear. And, you know, it, and that was the most basic of games because it was actually made as an arcade game. Right. Um. But, you know, just doing that was just it was a great way to kill a Saturday night or when you were waiting for band practice to start or something. It's like, I drummer's late again. He's always late. Right. (laughs) Let's play some some gauntlet, boy. Uh, But, yeah, like I I really think that it's it's time for these games to make a comeback, not in the way that Dark Alliance 2021 uh, did. But I think that. You know, how many times does one of these, you know, a Diablo game, like, you know, Diablo 4 is going to come out and sell 70 million copies like the last one did. I mean, yeah. to tell me that there's not more room in the space for these. Right. 
you know, it's, yeah, the, the PC was rife with these kind of experience. Granted, more catered towards the PC side of things. Uh, but you know, th- this has been one of those, like the most quietly successful genres in the world. And I have no idea where more, uh, why more people don't do it. Um, right. you know, cause it's one of those things that like it, when I worked at a game store, people would come in all the time and say like, Hey man, I want something that I could play with my girlfriend and she doesn't play games. I can't give that person borderlands, even though that game does split screen co-op. Because right. asking someone to pick up a game controller after they've never used one before and then figure out dual analog control is their first game, right. that doesn't work. But I could give them Diablo and she could figure it out. Right. Uh, and they would just come back and be like, oh, you got anything else like Diablo? And I'd have to tell them, nope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I mean, they, they would even, like you even said, like they, they started making like baby's first Diablo type games, like the Minecraft game and stuff like that. So, you know, it's like they, they would, uh, what's that game called? The... Which one? The the Minecraft game that was like a Diablo. Oh, uh, Minecraft like, Dungeons. Dungeons, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was very much like that. So, you know, again, like you said, baby's first Diablo game. So, you know, you can just jump in with that. But Diablo was never hard to get. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. No, especially uh, when they brought it to consoles, man. Flick the stick to roll in that direction. That's yeah. the only time you ever have to interact with that stick. And then everything else is just like triggers and buttons. And mm-hmm. just go have fun. Yeah. You know, basically. it's... Uh, and if something makes a dong noise, that means it's not fully recharged yet. Just give it a couple seconds, and then you can shoot it. Right. You know, it's uh, it was just a, a remarkably well tuned experience. And Baldur's Gate: Dark Alliance, man, those Champions and Oroth games. If you still have a PS2 sitting around and you're looking for a co op game, those games are great. Mm-hmm. Kind of wish they'd re release those. Those are awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like I think that's about all I have on Dark Alliance this week. I just think it's a woefully under-remembered game mm-hmm. that quietly sold millions of copies. <laughs> and then it, these games come out like once every five years on consoles and they sell millions of copies. And then everybody right. just goes, all right, you guys want to make like a, like a battle Royal? <laughs> it's like, no, why don't yeah. you make another one of those dungeon games that sells a shitload of copies and doesn't have any competition for no, right. just go ahead and make another battle royale when there's fifty of them out there. Yeah, yeah. there's like a billion of those. So keep keep making those because that's that's not a dead meme yet. Um, but yeah, so is is like Fortnite still like the most played thing in the world? Is that still oh a yeah, thing? big time, yeah, bigger never. Jesus Christ, uh, they really know how to market themselves. Um, a but, player uh, unknown's battlegrounds has sold over a hundred million copies. Well, that's that's fine. I don't I don't dislike player. Uh, I don't like I don't dislike PUBG. But yeah, but I mean, like, consider it that Fortnite is free to start and PUBG requires you to pay 30 bucks or whatever. Right. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's very different tastes. I had a whole like uh, I had a whole uh, idea about that as to why people enjoy Fortnite and why people enjoy PUBG over the others. You know, it's, uh, you know, PUBG is very gritty, very. You know, it feels grimy when you get into Fort when you get into PUBG. Whereas Fortnite's a it's a big it's a big fucking cartoon. It's a big comic book. Like that's what it is. Like they have every possible comic book tie-in gimmick attached to it, and you just you go and you blast and you have a big old goofy time with a bunch of children. So you know, uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> like nothing wrong with that at all. Like kids enjoy it. So you know, what are you gonna do? So. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I, I goofed I, around with it for a little bit, and it just it just wasn't for me. I think that building mechanic is just like it doesn't make any sense. Like this was, you know, this was obviously supposed to be a tower defense game that they just just jammed into the battle royale, you know, uh, format because it was making tons of money for for PUBG, and uh, and that and it just was like okay, so it just. It doesn't work. But when I see someone in the distance moving, my first instinct is to try to shoot them, not build a wall. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So it just does. It doesn't work. Oh, there's right? a guy over there. Build a food truck. Like, <laughs> build some walls quickly. Because if you try to hit him, you're not going to do it. Because the shooting in that game sucks. And it's like, and you know, whatever. I just, I, I could go on about it, but. It's it's crazy. I think there's some dudes over there. Build a porta John. Wait, you know what? what? I, I think it's pretty obvious. Next Dark Alliance, Battle Royale. Dark Alliance, Battle Royale. Let's do it. All right, so a hundred wizards parachute. Just a, just a bunch of wizards. Just a lightning bolt, lightning bolt, <laughs> fireball. All right, so uh, you know what? I've got one quick 
stupid story to share with you to end this episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, a buddy of mine sent me a news story from Florida, of all places, mm-hmm. uh, where I guess his neighbors had been lighting off fireworks way too late for like several nights in a row, where right. this dude just stood outside of his house in his underwear in a robe, and for like three hours at the top of his lungs started saying, firecracker, pop, 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 pop. <laughs> just for hours. Wow. Butter rocket! Butter rocket! Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> like just to annoy everybody else or was yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, what a what so, a nut. That's good stuff. I love it. <laughs> that's it, my friend. Uh, Florida man. That's a good Florida man story. So always good to have They those. never disappoint. They never disappoint. Uh but that's gonna do it, Haas, for this episode of the Video Destruct Podcast. You can check us out at videodestruct.com. Check us out at destinationcomics.com slash DNN. You can also check us out on Facebook and on Twitter at videodestruct. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy. That's H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. I talk about comic books and video games and occasionally a movie. I saw Fast 9 and D-Box. Mm-hmm. That was an experience that uh, that I shared live with everybody on Twitter. Uh, those shaky seats are super fun. Nice. Uh, but yeah, give me a follow. It's a good time. Nice. There you go. Very cool stuff. Love it. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Guys, we're out of time. We got to go. Mm-hmm.